We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game betting odds on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Hello and welcome to the Rotoviz College Football Fantasy Podcast, your place for all things Devi. I forgot the intro and I don't have it written in front of me. College Matt. football it's been too and long. a bunch of other stuff and unabashed yes, homerism because that's what we do. That's right. Absolutely. I'm excited to talk to you, man. It's been a minute. Um, I'm excited for this episode. Uh, before we um, before we just chat for a minute, uh, this show we're going to cover some NFL Combine stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about some of the biggest and baddest news in the world of college football because as the title that I screwed up um mentions we do college football but before we jump in matt how the hell are you man it's been a minute i am good uh dad life continues to kick my ass most of the time Mm. um i've had like a kid with a runny nose and uh like a post nasal drip cough which you know wakes him up every time we try and put him down for a nap so that's a good time um yeah but yeah so i mean i basically just being a parent um, and not, I mean, and working my day job. So it's been a lot of boringness, but I have been, I've been every, every chance I get, I sit there and I tweak my, uh, 2022 power ratings model for college football. So I'm getting oh, myself nice. prepared for next year. Well, I had to get all like the coaching changes in there to like update for like, where are you going to make, um, changes? I started to pull some returning production data in and i had to get like i did like three year weighted averages to uh try and adjust where teams should be preseason ranked so it's been a it's been a big effort obviously college football this offseason has been bananas um with all the coaching changes and all the transfer portal and Real quick, before we before we go any further, how about we uh, we queue up a, a a segment we like to do every every week? Oh, the uh, cliche question of the whenever we get around to it. Yes. Um, 
So what is what I guess what are your thoughts uh, on the game changing news about Nico? I Nico Yamiyama. Personally, I'm infuriated. I'm infuriated because I was hoping he'd go to Oregon, but uh, it sounds like he is getting the bag and kind of transforming what quarterback position or what quarterbacks might be able to make uh, as freshmen in college. <laughs> it's insane. What, what, what are your thoughts on the whole situation? So, I mean, I was listening to Cover Three talk about it, and they like. Um... Really, one of the overwhelming thoughts was if he turns out to be a star, two million dollars a year is a an absolute like steal um, for what he is going to bring in value wise to the program. The one I I guess the one interesting aspect of it is it's basically like it's two million dollars per year. So it's like he's only guaranteed that if he stays four years and it's it's he can't really have any other brand deals on top of it. It's, it was an interesting way they set it up. And it's, it's one of those ways of like, did he sort of set a model for how other recruitments are going to go? And I, like we all know that there's a little bit of like a, a free agency aspect to this where like whoever you're going to go wherever you can get the most money or, and at least in some aspects, and I mean, there are going to still be some players who pick the program because they have the best chance at a title because they have uh, a really good feel for the coaches and blah, 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 blah. But for the guys out there who are saying like, you know, this is a really big earning opportunity for me. I think he just really opened up this new avenue of how negotiations may go down. And I'm, I'm interested because to be honest, like, I wasn't, even though I like what Tennessee's doing, they would not have been the program I would have like earmarked as the, they're going to change the way that we look at these NIL deals. Right. And even just last year, like everyone, myself included, was thinking Tennessee might be a decade away from being relevant in college football because of all the off the field stuff that was going on. Um, changing of the coaching, like like all the things, like we didn't know if they'd be relevant for a long time. And honestly, Tennessee hasn't been relevant in a while. So um, they they shocked me on the field this year, winning more games than I thought they would. And now having a, a strong off season, it's uh, it's pretty surprising what they've been able to do. Uh, pretty. Quick I do have one here. question for you though. Do you think they presented him this NIL contract in a McDonald's bag? Ooh, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, perfect. But I, I mean, I, I, it's been fun. And like I said, I think I don't know that this is uh, landscape changing and like really altering the way that like these five star prospects are um, attempting to go through their recruitments and setting up these deals. Because the truth is, I mean, part of the reason that this was able to happen is because of him being in California and the way that the laws are set up. But it is. It is a definitely a noteworthy thing to point out that um, a five-star quarterback is entering college with the known earnings of $8 million if he stays for four years. So, I mean, good on More him. or less I'm than no- what Cam Newton made? That year? I think probably more, but I think if Cam Newton were to come out now, it would be a whole lot less. Right, um, right, right. <laughs> Cam Newton was negotiating long before anyone was willing to admit it. Um, right. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, otherwise, I, like I, 
obviously college football has been kind of crazy this offseason. I think uh, one guy I mentioned to you that we just saw some transfer portal news on recently was Ulysses Bentley, was a running back I've been talking about since. He really made an impact during his redshirt freshman season where he got on the field, and I think he had like multiple games with three rushing touchdowns. Um, and the thought, I mean, when you saw that Kamar Wheaton was going to be transferring to SMU, uh, Kamar Wheaton was a five-star player coming from Alabama. Uh, the thought was that maybe Ulysses Bentley was leaving because he lost his job. Nope. Um, he's uh, he's joining Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss and making the jump from the AAC over to the uh, SEC. And I, I mean, from a Debbie perspective and from a college fantasy perspective, I don't know how to feel about this because at least from a production standpoint, I'm a little worried because another guy we both, or I should say talent wise, we probably both like uh, Zach Evans joined Ole Miss this off season. And it'll just be an interesting, I guess, mix between them. Like they lost Ely. I think Snoop is gone. Yeah. They're just like, they're, are, are they going to go with a two headed monster of those two guys? Is it going to be a split? Is it going to be, one of them just runs away and takes over the job. Who knows? But I mean, that's, it's an interest. They've got a, a, I wouldn't say it's, I don't want to get hyper hyperbolic here and start saying they have one of the best running back tandems in the all of college football, but they're definitely going to be one that people have to game plan for. And maybe we see a slight change in what the scheme is in, um, in Ole Miss with, uh, Matt Corral out the door. Maybe they lean a little bit more heavy on the running game. Right. Yeah. And I, I think too, like I, I think that's often a, a misperception of Lane Kiffin is that he's just an aired out type of guy, but he does like to involve the running backs, both in the running game um, as well as in the passing game. And I think it's going to be super exciting to see what they do. I think it makes all the sense in the world from, from Ole Miz's perspective. Uh, we've talked uh, about Evans in the past and how he is a bit of a head case um, ever since his recruiting process. It's been all over the place. Um, and then he was at TCU, and that didn't really work out, and now he is in um, Ole Miss. And, and if I'm Kiffin, I'm wanting a little bit of a backup plan just in case there's some more head case issues and he doesn't actually see the field. Uh, from a Debbie perspective, I still like uh, Evans a lot more than uh, yeah. Ulysses. I do think uh, Ulysses is going to be a really low-key... Ah, maybe he'll be very obvious. I don't know. But uh, from a DFS standpoint, I think he could be very exciting. Because he... I mean, he was awesome at SMU. I, I, I rode him so many times last year, and that sounded terrible. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> they're the ponies. They're the Mustangs. Um, anyway, I think it's a great move for old old Miz. I'm a little bit upset about it from, especially like Bentley. Like I can't imagine he's going to get any draft for very good draft capital now, but we'll see who, I mean, you never know. Maybe they really just do run that, the two, I mean, a, a true committee type deal. And I mean, we've seen committees where both guys look good enough where they can earn capital. So it'll, it'll be an interesting and, and one the, to watch. And it's nice that they plan a conference that also no longer plays defense anymore. Boom. <laughs> I did it. Fuck um, you, SEC. Fuck you. Sorry. So wait, so that's our two. That's our two for the episode. For you. <laughs> Dang. Um, <laughs> I saved one for you. That's fine. Um, 
Hey, but what are you I, drinking, by the way, before we transition? Uh, Rheingeist Glow. I'm in a sour kick, really. It's been a while. Oh, I'm I don't just do purely the sour beers. Um, so this okay. is Rheingeist's uh, Fruited Sour. So Nice. It's not bad. I'm going with a Guinness. It's left over from St. Patty's Day because I didn't drink six Guinness because I'm not insane. Um, and a nice <laughs> little six-pack. Uh, and so I'm having a little Guinness here. Kind I, of I can respect choice, that. But. I'm not positive yeah. I've drank a Guinness in a decade, but I don't so, drink much anymore. <laughs> oh, I was going to tell a girlfriend story, but she would kill me, and she does listen to the pod, so I'm not going to say it. But she was telling me about a story <laughs> as I as I lean into it. She was telling me about how when she was um, like just out of high school, um, she uh, she did a bunch of Irish car bombs and got arrested. <laughs> and so I got a bunch of Guinness and, and Jameson to see if I could convince her to do some uh, Irish car bombs with me. Needless to say, that didn't happen, but that's all right. <laughs> all right. Shall, all right, we, well, shall so, we get into some combine stuff? We should talk We should talk combine and upcoming draft because, you know, while we, we do love college football and we love everything about uh, college football, and I've openly stated my uh, lessening interest in the actual NFL, I right. we have watched a lot of these guys, and it is nice to see a lot of them uh, get their opportunity at the NFL. So I guess what stood out to you? What was the most, I guess, what was your biggest takeaway? Which player stood out to you? I guess what was the thing that at the end of the week you were kind of just like, yeah, that was kind of meaningful for the combine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to answer that question on the other side of the break. We'll be right back in one minute. Hey, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast. I wanted to let you know that the podcast you are listening to right now is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I can speak from personal experience and tell you that if you or someone you love is struggling with depression, they're dealing with anxiety, talking to somebody about it can make a huge difference. And that's what BetterHelp does. Within 48 hours of signing on with BetterHelp, they'll match you with a professional therapist. These therapists have a broad range of expertise that might not be available where you live. This is a worldwide service that's easy to use, allows you to get matched with a therapist that you can communicate with. You can send messages, get thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions. You can talk through anything that you need, and BetterHelp is committed to facilitating therapeutic matches that can give you all of the benefits of traditional offline therapy. They want you to start living a happier life today, and I believe that talk therapy is one of the ways that you can do that. Visit their website, www.betterhelp.com forward slash reviews to hear and read some of their testimonials. Again, you're going to want to visit BetterHelp, Better H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. And we have a special offer for RotoViz listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash RotoViz. Can't recommend how important and how helpful talk therapy can be, so please check it out. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. Matt, you just asked me what was the most meaningful um, event that took place. And unfortunately, I'm going to take this um, I'm going to take this negative and I, and I, yes. I was going to say, I hate to do it, but I love to do it. And uh, I want to talk about Kyron Williams who needed to put together a decent combine day. I thought in order to, cause this is, well, well you do not love this draft class there because it's bad because of that. Well, yeah, but because of that, there's an opportunity to really cement yourself as one of the top running backs or top wide receivers or whatever the position is. If, if Kyron could have gone out and crushed the combine, I think he could have really made a, a case to be one of the first few running backs taken. But he went out and put up a 4.65 40-yard uh, dash at 194 pounds. That is not going to do it. That puts him in like the 29th percentile. Uh, I just thought it was a disaster performance. And because it, because it was so bad, to me, it, it stood out very very much above and beyond everything else because I don't know how many running backs get taken before Kyron, but uh, I can make a case for, for half a dozen uh, or more. And so I just think it makes him um, far less likely to, to bring about much production in the NFL anytime soon. He's going to have to fight for a spot on a roster. He's going to have to fight for a spot for, or for, for playing time. Uh, whereas if he would have went out and crushed, he could have been one of the top three backs, right position. I mean, everyone loves running back in fantasy football, obviously. Uh, and if he had the right landing spot, it could have been really uh, exciting. But now I don't think there's much hope for him. Um, on the positive side, I or, or, or a takeaway for myself going into the future is buy into all the quarterback hype because guys like Malik Willis or Trey Lance – they become these uh, combine darlings and shoot up draft boards and their value just skyrockets. I don't necessarily want Malik Willis on my dynasty team, uh, but I wish I had him right now in a Debbie league or something so that I can mm-hmm. trade him because uh, his, his value skyrocketed. And, and to me, that was a lesson um, I thought I learned last year with Trey Lance. Um, and I didn't actually, because I didn't, I don't have any shares of Malik Willis. And so now I just want I want these guys that uh, are, are going to perform well at the combine, regardless if I think they're going to be good NFL talent. What about you? I guess I mean similar. I think there's definitely value in uh, getting the quarterback that we know is going to have rushing production and is definitely going to look good in the short, like in shorts, um, so you can get some right. shares of them early. I think that's a thing. Like I I don't really. Per- um, 
advocate for overvaluing athleticism because I do think that the combine, I don't want to say that it's over, uh, that it's overvalued or that the, what comes out of it is overrated. But I do think that there's a level of certain things we know from the combine are going to earn you draft capital. And right. I think there are certain, like there are some athlete guys that you should be paying attention to more. Uh, and it's more so the cheap guys. Um, so one guy that I was too low, I, this I'll spin this into one of my big takeaways. Uh, one guy that I was too low on and I gave you a bunch, you and Travis, I gave a bunch of grief about uh, last off season was a guy running back by the name of Ty Chandler. Uh, I told oh, right. you guys yeah. <laughs> you were way too you were way too high on him. I thought, um, right. um, he just ran a four three eight. Um, I don't know. He's not going to be drafted, but for Brees, he's probably not going to be. Spiller has not made done himself any uh, favors. No. Um, but like he's probably not going before Walker, and he's probably not going before Brees. But like it wouldn't shock me if a team took him in late round two, early round three, just because they saw an opportunity to bring in an explosive playmaker. And while I don't think Ty Chandler is really worth all that much, I think you guys were probably right in grabbing shares of him while he was inexpensive because, you know, if he gets drafted as the running back four in this class, where is he getting drafted in rookie drafts? I mean, we're probably talking early second round. Of rookie drafts at the latest, maybe he even goes... Right. Oh, rookie like, drafts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rookie drafts, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. in rookie drafts, I mean, he's no, you probably said that. going... I just misheard you. Um, like, he's probably going at like late or early to mid second round at the late end. And if you latest. bought him last latest. year, he was probably going fourth round in Devi. He was probably um, a guy that you could get for pretty close to free, even if he had the hype of... Like the transfer to North Carolina where there was a bunch of production. I, and even if we did project him as this athlete, I think none of us were calling for third fastest running back in the class and with an opportunity to really be, I mean, I know you guys said he might be able to break out in a bad class, but I mean, running back four is meaningful. And now that it's come to fruition, it's, it's less so like we all knew he was going to run fast. If he ran slow, it was more of a, major dissuading it's just now with some of these other guys stock potentially falling like a Kyron Williams like a Rashad White didn't perform terribly well I like I said Isaiah Spiller keeps like running in mud and finding himself get slower and slower um it's just it's one of those things where I, I think that getting those types of guys that you can get athleticism for inexpensiveness is is really valuable and I think that's that's a thing that I'm going to have to set aside some of my um, my issues with players um, who are inexpensive and maybe just learn to take shots on athleticism because they can earn that capital. Um, right. But I do want to talk about one. Can I ask you one... a philip? Oh, no. before we no, get into other players, can I ask you a philosophical question? Yes. Um, related to football, related to the combine, not just we're, we're not going to get off in the. What is the meaning of life right here? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Guinness is my answer. Um, no. So when you're looking, we're we're Debbie dudes. We have a weekly college football podcast. We watch. You said it earlier. We watch these guys from their freshman year until they're um, like drafted. 
where do you personally put more of your stock when you are analyzing at this part of the year, these players, are you going to lean more into college production or what they did at the combine and slash where they get drafted? Obviously I'd be a dumbass if I thought it was all one or all the other. So obviously it's a blended approach, but where do you kind of, where would you put the percentages as far as like what matters to you? Like, 60% 60% production, 40% combine and draft, like 50-50, 80-20. Kind of how would you so, split it out as far as where you so how you I'm gonna, it? I'm actually going to knock it into three categories because I do think draft capital okay. and combine are slightly different. Um, Although one can lead to the other. One, but one so can lead to the other, but so sure. I actually would argue. So I would say number one on my list is projected draft capital. It will always be number one on my list. It's probably 50% of my evaluation comes down to, are they going to earn the requisite capital to be whatever? Like I won't reach for as much as I love Tyler Johnson. Once his draft capital started falling and it looked like he was a day three guy, anyone who was telling you that his college production was going to buoy him and was going to make him, no, 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 he's still worth a second round pick. No, 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 no. Everyone loves him. We all know he's going to, once his draft capital started falling down into that day three range, he, his value dropped and it was, it plummeted equally because draft capital is the highest predictor of NFL success. It's, it's one of the reasons why in a lot of the college models to like project success, we look at, do they earn requisite capital? Not necessarily do they earn uh, eventual success? It's because those things are more closely linked and it's easier to, I guess, buy to find capital than buy to find NFL success because there's a lot of luck that goes into the latter. Um, but for like the combine, I think the combine is an interesting thing, but I almost put no weight on it other than to say, do we see buzz coming out of this to say so-and-so is pushing their draft price up to a third round pick? So one of the things I, I use the combine for is kind of, like a baseline, like if we, if they hit the numbers, they were supposed to hit. So Kyron Williams at 190 pounds, a lot of people projected to be fast. Like, I, I know that sounds crazy, but or not like an obvious dub, but like if, if you were projected to be fast and you ran fast, good. Um, if you were projected to be slow or you were projected to be a middling athlete and then you outperformed it and it equals capital, then it has weight. Um, but if you were projected to be one of the fastest guys in the combine and you were one of the fastest guys in the combine, I'm not double counting that. Like it only matters in the sense of, okay, so we knew this about him. He didn't hurt his case at the combine. So now the only thing that matters is where is this capital coming in? Is it coming in, um, any higher because of that? Like, I guess one guy for me that, the buzz is sort of around him um, and sort of proves my, or affects my point is Calvin Austin. Calvin Austin weighs eight, like I'm going to say 84 pounds soaking wet. Um, He's four foot one, but he's really fast and really athletic. And now people are projecting him as a first round pick. You said Calvin, not Kevin, correct? I said Calvin Austin, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Calvin Austin from Memphis. Yeah. So yep. Calvin Austin is 
very small. He's probably got some, I mean, he has usage in the NFL, but to be honest at his size, I, I, I should get his actual numbers up and not just insult the guy. He's 67 inches tall and 170 pounds. So, yeah. So, eh. uh, he ran a four, three, two, five, seven. I think that's five foot seven. Yeah. So, (laughs) <laughs> but he ran a four sixty-seven divided by twelve. <laughs> yeah, um, he ran a four-three-two at the combine. He's, I mean, now all of a sudden, I heard pre-combine and post-combine. Now that people like Mel Kiper are pushing him up to a first-round pick, I'm no sort way. of going to let see that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sort of going to wait, and a guy like that, I'm going to wait to see if that holds because I do think there is some buzz around him. And like, if I were able to go buy him in like a, a C to C league that's active in the offseason or a Devi league. And I could go pick him up for like a nothing pick or a player that um, has only college production for like a year or two left. Maybe I go and do that um, to go grab him just because there's some potential buzz. But at the same time, like I, he's one of those guys I think people will overreact to with a four, three. And if it doesn't equal capital, then it's kind of garbage. Um, and then there are going to be other people that overpay for him as like he got a first round pick and they're going to compare him to somebody like Chris Alave, who let's just say they both go late first round. Well, Chris Alave did was always ranked higher, was always above him, has the better production, has all these different things above him. So if you're now using as the differentiator, oh, well, Calvin Austin ran a four, three, two, um, you're almost double counting and trying to push him above him. So it's just, I don't know. The combine really is the biggest issue is that the Calvin, uh, that the combine leads to people double counting. Um, so yes, but really it, for me, the order goes draft capital is the ultimate most meaningful thing. College production is good for, is really strong for identifying the players that I like. I think it's a, it's a pretty strong tiebreaker method um, when people have relatively similar capital. And I think it's really effective for identifying potential late round guys. Um, But I don't necessarily think that you can lean on college production as a reason to take somebody like, like David Bell, David Bell has an amazing college profile, but his combine uh, seems to have sunk his draft capital to the point where he might be a third or a third day pick. The yeah, issue I which is have surprising. is yeah, yeah, and the issue I would have is then there are going to be people who still tell you that David Bell is worth a second round pick in rookie drafts, and to be honest, right now he isn't. He's not. He's worth your. He's probably needs to be outside of your top ten wide receivers altogether, and he probably needs to be somewhere around like the three hundred four range in a twelve team draft, and that feels gross because I loved him. I thought he was an amazing yeah. prospect. I thought he had the a case to be. Uh, in the wide receiver one discussion, but with some of the elevations that came out of the season and some of the raising draft capital that we've seen, and then his poor combine performance sinking his draft capital. And again, I don't care about his combine performance. We've seen slow guys do well. I think Cooper Cup ran relatively slow. We've seen, um, I think Jarvis Landry was one of the slowest wide receivers in the league for years, but managed to be a PPR wide receiver too for like, six straight years and Ever. made half the internet <laughs> yeah. hate him. Um, yeah. But that's all it goes to say, like, it's just like, 
draft capital matters. And so take that into consideration and use that. So I just said a lot of ranting and raving because that's what I do. Um, But essentially from a philosophical standpoint, everything is, everything leads to capital. Put most of your value on draft capital. Assume that teams that pay up for meaningful players understand that they then need to use those players because historically speaking, that's what teams do. Yeah. Yep. Um, One thing I have to say, I would have bet a lot, a lot of money that Chris Olave was going to be faster than Garrett Wilson. Um, And I don't know what was happening with those times at that one session where like every, every receiver was running in the four twos. Um, Right. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, kind of crazy to see Garrett Wilson, the guy who we projected as a a good athlete from a like physical standpoint, but not necessarily straight line speed, showing a little bit of that extra gear. Um, again, I think the reason you're drafting him high is because he's probably going to be the first or second wide receiver off the board, and he has a pretty solid production model, and his pedigree is fantastic. Um, but yeah, so that's 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 a guy for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, before I asked you that question, you were about to ask something or say something. Um, we had just got done talking about some of our most notable takeaways from the week. Um, what, what were you going to ask? Do you remember? No idea. Um, no idea. Chris yeah, good thing good. I interrupted you. Yeah. No, it's fine. Chris um, Olave is really good. Yeah. Who Who do you think is a player... Um, now just so y'all know, um, Travis and I, a couple weeks ago went through the, we did like an episode on each position basically. Um, so feel free to go back and listen to that. But, uh, Matt, you and I haven't had a, a chance to talk about it much. Um, I'd love to just hear like maybe one or two players from each position that really stood out to you. Um, maybe a non Ohio state wide receiver or two. <laughs> um, <laughs> there it is. Number three. Um, you mentioned Calvin Austin already We're, and David Bell. Uh, David Bell obviously falling in that kind of like losers of the week uh, performance. But but who is a guy maybe that uh, – that, who's someone you want to talk about? So I think – I mean, so I'll just – I'll quickly go a couple of guys at each at each position. So I'll be honest, I'm a little bit surprised even though we saw the fake slide from him and like showing that athleticism, I was a little bit surprised to see – uh, Kenny Pickett with a four seven three, like it's not elite. It's not this one that's gonna like be amazing. But I think Kenny Pickett kind of showed some of the athleticism that you were hoping for um, from him. Obviously, he has baby hands, so who knows if he'll actually be able to hold an adult sized football and not one of those little mm-hmm. Nerf balls. Um, but I think the fact that Kenny Pickett right now is in some mocks as the QB one performed pretty well at the combine. I think. We saw from him enough that in a super flex league, I don't think it's just like if he go if he if Kenny Pickett goes th- four to five picks before the next quarterback, I don't think it's a smash take Malik Willis as the one hundred one. Um, I think Kenny Pickett has earned some consideration because I don't think you're looking at a pure pocket guy. So I think that's a guy who really impressed me. Which quarterback do you think will be drafted first in the NFL? Kenny Pickett. I don't really so Kenny like Pickett, to be... Malik Willis, and then Matt Corral? Yeah, 
which makes me bummed out because I still think the QB one in this class. And I think the guy who's the best is Sam Howell. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fair. Even though I've been the one kind of lowest on him over the last year and a half. I, Um, I will say like, I think there are some interesting things. Like I still think, I think Carson Strong's going to go to a team and be a quality backup for a lot of years. I think Desmond Ritter, um, it, like he very well might uh, if maybe I'm crazy, but like I wouldn't be shocked to see the Eagles take Desmond Ritter in the second round after they've already gotten three first round picks and take a Desmond Ritter to basically take a Jalen Hurts clone, uh, mm-hmm. a guy who's very similar to him, but to be honest, has a better passing production profile than Hurts did. So I think that's an interesting guy to watch because for him, I know one, Seattle's if, interested in him, too. Like there's a, there's a few guys that are really interesting in this class. Like I don't think there's a super elite one. I don't think anyone's going to in like 3 years be the guy that you're just like, "Wow, this is the guy that's changing the NFL." Um other than just Bailey Zappi because he's Bailey Zappi and he's amazing. <laughs> um but I like I do think that I think there are some interesting guys in this class and I think you're probably going to get from two or three of them 3 to 4 years of streaming caliber quarterback. And I think that's, that's okay. A couple of Daniel Joneses in there. Yeah. Some guys that are interesting. Without the draft capital. Yeah. Um, Like, I I mean, the Steelers are going to take somebody because they've got Mitchell Trubisky and Dwayne Haskins on their roster. So somebody's going to get one, but yeah. So quarterback, whatever I, Kenny Pickett really did impress me with his athleticism and the fact that his capital just seems to rise and rise and rise. I'm okay with that. And I'm, I'll be interested to see where he lands running back. Fine. I'll finally give credit to Brees Hall. I have not given credit there to Brees go. Hall for his entire career. I thought he was interesting as a true freshman. I thought he was interesting as a sophomore and I thought he was interesting as a junior. And obviously you can't deny the, what he had done production wise through all of that. He was their offense. And now he started, he's showing that athleticism. He's, proven to be at least a capable pass catcher. I don't think he is. I hate that I have to do this because it's dumb. You shouldn't have to compare people to hall of fame caliber players, but I don't think he's Matt Forte. I don't think he's going to be this guy that in two years, we're just like, Oh my gosh, this is the league winner. We know it on blah, 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 blah. Mm. Hate, hate doing that. He's going to go second round. We're not going to get a first round running back this year. And if we do, somebody's wasting a pick because they're always wasting a pick. Um, but he should be the clear cut one at this point, and it's really good. Um, I think he'll be a running back two for a long time. Um, but I yeah. have more. I like well, Kenny on Walker. Brees Hall. Oh, you like you like? Kenny I like Walker him more. more because I like him. Okay, not I would have him ranked higher. I just like him more. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think it's interesting um, around Brees Hall, uh, just seeing how. The perception has changed since the beginning of the season when people were like, where's the production? Because it wasn't quite hitting as it did last year. But then once the season was over, he put together a really solid year, had a really great combine. Um, I think it's interesting, too, uh, you, you you mentioning that he won't be a first-round pick. While I agree that he shouldn't be, uh, there's teams like Jacksonville that reach. There's always teams that take quarter uh, running backs way too early. So I will not be surprised if he goes first round. I do not think he should. I agree with you. Uh, but uh, but again, 
NFL teams make interesting choices. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, some other notable running backs that I just think they're at least I'm I mostly lean on 40 time because I don't think any of them did agility drills this year, which is just funny. Um, am I wrong about that? Let's see if I'm wrong. Yeah, no running back did the three cone, which is funny. Oh, that's nuts. It used to be a thing that was like on most models. Uh, some running backs that I think are noteworthy. Zamir White was like an absurd prospect coming out of high school. I think he was like top five in his class um, overall as a running back, which is it was before they had really started to adjust um, and not overvalue running backs coming out of high school because a lot of running backs coming out of high school look like the second coming of Jesus Christ. But then when you actually like try and project them to the NFL, it's super unlikely a running back is going to get drafted top five. It doesn't matter how good right. they are. Like even amazing running backs that put up 3,000 yard years in college end up as a fringe first round pick, maybe. So having them rank that high isn't that fair. But Samir White was an absurd prospect. He's dealt with a fair number of injuries and he's just really not been the guy that everyone expected him to be. He ran a 4 4. And I'm kind of excited to see that he still has some juice left in his legs. Um, he's a guy that I'll be potentially stashing as a later round guy. If his landing spot is like, I'm going to be second on the depth chart. Um, another guy I liked Tyler. Samir White also had the highest broad jump of all running backs. Ooh. And that actually does matter. Broad jump is broad jump is one that has been on models is like showing the explosiveness for athleticism. Um, so that's a good one. Uh, we already mentioned Ty Chandler. He's really fast. Um, somebody's going to fall in love with that. He very well could be the running back four. Um, one guy I don't expect to get capital, um, but I do like because he he was really productive in college and he does, has shown a lot of burst. And that's Devontae Price out of Florida International. Ran a 4.38. Um, I'm going to quickly pull up his numbers because I believe he actually was a really productive college back. Well, you're pulling it up. I just want to remind people to jump over on Rotoviz. Do sign up. It's a great time of year to do it. We have so much content coming out. But one of the things you can do is you can find all the Combine stats. And we have like the Combine Explorer app in there that you can use to kind of see what kind of comps um, and expectations we can have um, and look at percentiles and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, while you're looking that up, I can only assume you're doing it on Rotoviz. Um, Always, uh, it's clearly. a great, it's a great, it's a great place to find all this information. Um, I'm wrong. His production wasn't great, um, but I still like him as a super late. Maybe you get him with like the last pick in the draft uh, because athleticism is fun to own. Couple of guys that I just have to say negative things about because I do think that there were some expectations for them. Um, boy, do I wish sincere McCormick went back to college. Mm-hmm. Um, makes me sad to see him run a four, six and end up as probably a dude who's just going to go on day three um, last oh, week. You think for so? I, I think he might be a, an undrafted free agent. Yeah. Like sincere um, McCormick was ridiculous this past year and he's been ridiculous for a couple of years. And it makes me sad to see that. I mean, he shouldn't have gone out this year. Um, yeah. A guy that was kind of a darling for a lot of um, film guys and a lot of, I mean, he had no, he was pretty solid production wise too, was Tyler Algeier or Algeier. Um, Algier, a, I think. Algier. Yeah. BYU. 
Yeah. Um, a little disappointed with that time. I was expect I wasn't expecting super fast, but I was expecting, I mean, I always, I, I just assume guys can run faster than a four, six. Um, and he's, what was he? He was measured it. I mean, he's big, he's two twenty four, so he's big, but a four, six really just isn't anything to write home about. And then, I mean, I'm just going to say mean things about Kennedy Brooks. Um, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kennedy Brooks is still fine, but I, I mean, I think his four five nine is probably going to preclude him from getting meaningful capital. So yeah, he's another guy that kind of falls down the list a lot. Um, and that's about it from the running back position. Do you have anyone, I guess that I didn't in my list? Well, of I mean, names? some of the guys we, some of the guys we mentioned earlier, um, on the negative, like, uh, you mentioned Isaiah Spiller, just really suffering. Um, he like ran he, a four, he, six he tried his pro day. Yeah. And he needed to have a good pro day because he couldn't run during the combine because of injuries. He, he tried to do a few drills and really struggled. Um, and so this, this pro day was, was huge for him. And again, um, unable to, to do much. Uh, a, a guy I wanted to talk about, um, uh, in a little bit more depth because we, we alluded to him a little bit, but Kenneth Walker running a, a four, three, eight was just absolutely uh, incredible. The speed I think will elicit a second look at his, the lack of numbers in the passing game. I think mm-hmm. people will begin to realize that he has the, the athletic profile that he, he could be a three down back in the NFL and just because he wasn't utilized in that fashion in college doesn't mean he doesn't have this skill set. So he's someone that I think, uh, yeah, obviously, he's being talked about as a, as, a, as a number two running back, possibly. So I, I, I do think he obviously did an amazing job. But, yeah, I mean, not a whole lot to add to what, to what you said. Uh, we, we've heard people talking a little bit. Uh, a guy that's had a little bit of helium is, is Pierre Strong from South Dakota State, who uh, ran a 437 40. Uh, absolutely uh, crushed it and, and weighed in at 207 pounds. So a guy that maybe not many people have heard about, um, but it'll be interesting to see if he does get any, any draft capital, because if he does, well, we, we know he has uh, the, st- the, the production, albeit at St. South Dakota state, uh, but he also has the, uh, the raw talent and ability from the combine perspective to, to produce. So if he gets capital, that's a name that I'll have highlighted. Uh, that I won't be like, who the hell is Pierre Strong? Because honestly, I have not never watched South Dakota State, and I did not know who Pierre Strong was before the Seems combine. <laughs> no, I yeah. think I think you're you're right. In um, he's probably a guy that you're just if he gets the capital because of this, you explosiveness and speed is a good thing. So yeah, yeah. And at two oh seven, like not that's small. not that's not tiny. No, absolutely. All not. right. What about wide receiver? Wide receiver. Uh, your boy, I, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, before you choose who you want to talk about. Um, Alec Pierce, uh, just because. Fuck I mean, I know you're not a huge Cincinnati fan, Fuck him. but Cincinnati's there. Uh, he had a good four three three forty. Was was real good. Uh, put him in the ninety seventh percentile. What are your thoughts on him? He's athletic. He was always going to be one of those. He, this was a guy that we sort of knew coming into the combine was going to jump off the was going to jump off the page. We we're going to see a lot. So of you're that. not double counting it, basically. Nope. Is what you're telling me. If he earns capital, I'll give him value. If he doesn't earn capital, I won't give him value. Is he I, someone I, that if you had him on your team would would you be trying to sell him right now, or would yes. you be in a hold pattern? 
I probably would have sold him the minute he did his vertical. Um, <laughs> like the, the the moment we got his vertical, I probably would have sent out trade offers with him in it. 40 um, and a half, 93%. Yeah, I mean, he's absurd. Yeah. Um, but at, at the same time, I just would. If you watch that offense this year, it was so limited in the passing game. And if you're gonna like, if you're gonna say Desmond Ritter is good enough to get drafted, then you have to say that his receivers were not doing things. And the stuff that you saw at Alec Pierce was he was a jump ball guy. And you know what? Maybe he becomes a jump ball guy in the NFL, but he was a jump ball guy. And so I'm not really seeing anything out of him. Nothing out of this performance, nothing out of here really changed how I'm going to view him. I think he's fine. I think if a team ends up with him as like their fourth wide receiver, they're probably doing okay. But I think that's probably what he is. He's going to be a spot guy that you like sit there and go in DFS stuff and say, oh, this team, you know, allows or has short cornerbacks. Let's go punt and play Alec Pierce. Um, but I mean, I think he might be a dude and this is insulting um, to a lot of people, but I think he's going to get a lot of Auden Tate preseason love. Every single training camp, Auden Tate is the best wide receiver in camp. Oh my gosh, right. Auden <laughs> Tate. Hmm? Yeah, no, 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 it's funny. Uh, I'm trying to, I was, oh, McElvoy was the guy in Seattle that uh, was, was, was that guy for the Seahawks that every, uh, every preseason people loved him because he was a monster. He was like six foot six and could jump and was pretty fast. And yeah, he got all the hype and then no one, no one listening to this podcast have heard, has heard of him. <laughs> but so, yeah, I mean, I just think like for the last few years, people keep trying to turn Auden Tate into a, Ooh, is he sneaky going to get on the field and earn some targets? No, he's not. Um, right, but he's going right. to look really good when you see that highlight of him mossing someone because he can jump and in a play where you're just going out there and like getting, you know, you're getting the ball thrown to you and you don't have to do a whole lot. Yeah. You can look really good. And I think that's kind of what I see for Alec Pierce. If he earns capital on, I mean, if he earns day two capital, yeah, you probably have to consider him. Um, yeah. Above some guys that I like their production a lot more, but no, Alec Pierce isn't a guy that changed anything for me. And this is a big way we're doing a roundabout way of me just continuing to tell you, I don't value the combine as much as a lot of other people, but well, I think that's really valuable. Like as we talk through these different people, as, as you kind of go through your analysis and, and break down some of what you saw and what you, what you think, I think it really helps people understand kind of what to look for, what's, what's important and what's just smoke and mirrors so that people can make the right decisions um, and not get swayed by these combine darlings when, um, like I think in Travis's article, he was like, um, about Alec Pierce specifically, he was like, he did exactly what we knew he was going to do. He ran fast and jumped high. But to your point, that's double counting. If you're like, well, now I'm going to rank him higher because of that. It's like, no, mm -hmm. that was already in the evaluation. He just proved the point and maybe with an exclamation point. But um, I think it's useful to hear you kind of talk through some of these players so that listeners can be like learning how to evaluate these situations and scenarios moving forward. Yeah. I guess one guy who the one wide receiver from this combine who performed really well um, that I 
am going to have to adjust my, I was wrong on him. I mean, I was, I was, I was off. Um, and that is Christian Watson out of North Dakota state. I think he really has earned, um, I think he has earned draft capital based on his performance. And do you have his numbers? He ran a four three six. He ran fast. (laughs) um, He's six foot four, two oh eight. Ran a four three six, thirty eight point five vertical and one thirty six on the broad. I mean, he did. He did. That's insane. That is an insane broad (laughs) jump. Yeah, so he's, I mean, he is, he's really athletic, and that's a, a guy that, because of that, now has to, um, like, you have to start considering him a little bit. And, I like, I'm not one of these guys that's going to magically turn Christian Watson into this, like, first-round rookie draft pick, but, I mean, I'm going to start putting him in the conversation with the back half of the top ten, and I'm going to start really putting him in that consideration with the guys like guy. It used to be David Bell, but Del Bell fell way down. Um, Like, I don't know. Jahan Dotson and him are probably in a similar category to me. And that's yeah, kind of huh? weird to say. It's kind of like, I think he did a lot. I think he and Juan Dale are in a similar category. Like Juan Dale for me, um, didn't improve his draft capital. I love Juan Dale. And I think he yeah. had such a solid final year production wise. I'm allowed to over, or I can now sort of overlook um, the fact that he wasn't productive at Nebraska. And now I'm just sitting here and going, well, I was sort of expecting a little bit more um, speed. I was sort of expecting, I would love to have seen him do a bunch of agility stuff, but eh. Um, so it's just, it's one of those things where I go uh, like it, with Chris, Christian Watson basically just now comes onto my radar because of that. I'm not, it's one of those things where I go, okay, I need to start looking at FCS programs a little bit more seriously um, when they're producing an athlete like this because this is the type of guy that might earn capital. So Yeah, that's a um, good name to, to think about too because, because he was at North Dakota State. Again, yes. not many people knew who he was before the Combine. And now he is someone that we're talking about. And I think that's really important. And again, uh, a guy that's probably going to be available in almost every Debbie league because, well, who will be because you can't really, or C to C leagues, because you can't really draft these guys in C to C leagues in most of them. Um, yes. And so kind of exciting to see what kind of steel we might be able to get uh, if he does get the capital that, that he very possibly could with this performance. I have a philosophical question for you. Oh, okay. You might not be able to answer this for me. Why are Oregon wide receivers slow? Because Johnny Dixon or Johnny Johnson ran a four six. Devin Williams yeah. ran a four six five. Yeah. Um, well, they're like I'm, I don't remember how tall they are off the top of my head. I'm in, in fairness. I'm I'm saying it in jest. Like they're. Yeah, yeah, they they do seem to target larger wide receivers that have mm-hmm. a bigger uh, catch radius. Oftentimes, that is correlated to slower. <laughs> like big, tall guys are often not as fast as a smaller. <laughs> not smaller everyone can be guys. like DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf, right? Um, also, uh, and I love Oregon. Everyone knows that Troy Franklin aside, high re- highly recruited 
or sought after wide receivers don't go to Oregon because Oregon doesn't know how to feature a wide receiver. It's just not in their DNA. It's not in the way they play football. So it doesn't surprise me that we don't have uh, a burner at wide receiver. If you think about all the most uh, elite athletes, when a lot of times when people think about Oregon, they do think about speed. Uh, they're running backs that you're thinking about. It's it's DeAnthony Thomas. It, it's you know these types of dudes um, that that could just flat out fly that didn't play wide receiver. Mm-hmm. So um, so uh, that's my quick off the cuff serious answer to your. Uh, joking question to make. Well, I'm a troll, and it's been a while since I've been a troll, so I have to. Sometimes I just have to come back and break out my ways. Um, But CJ Verdell also screwed the pooch. Uh, So you know, I told you, I told people not to be drafting CJ Verdell for two and a half years now. So if you have a share of CJ Verdell, that's on you. This is true. You also have told me to draft like Zach Charbonnet for a year and a half, and I continue to just tell you you're stupid. Yeah, that's fair. Um, no, in fairness, he might be good. I just genuinely, I will never draft him. Now it's a spike. <laughs> um, no, that's the fair. one guy I was happy to see run pretty well. I was happy to see George Pickens run a four four seven. That dude mm-hmm. still, to me, um, if you were to tell me one of the guys drafted outside of the top five wide receivers in this class ended up as a top five wide receiver in the NFL, George Pickens is that guy. Like, right? George yeah. Pickens was a dude his freshman year. And then his sophomore year, once they switched over to JT Daniels, he was a dude. And then this past like this past year, it the, Georgia just didn't have anyone to throw to, and you just wonder like, for as good as that team was, how much more explosive and how much better could that team have been if they had George Pickens there? And when I say that, I mean a fully healthy like, right, dude, George Pickens and. Like uh, he's a dude. It's still so weird that Georgia won the national championship. It's a little odd, but I mean, when you have the best defense ever. Um, So I'm going to say something that is going to let everyone know how spiteful a human being I am. I'm so happy Traylon Burks didn't run like a four four. So happy. (laughs) By by the way, he's really good. I think people should consider him as the number one. Should have him in the wide receiver one conversation. I think he is very talented, and I, his model, obviously, everything about him is is really good. Boy, are Traylon Burke stands obnoxious. And had he gone oh, out God, and yes. run, like, we already know he's a freak athlete. Had he gone out and run a 4-4, legitimately my timeline would just be like, oh, my God, Traylon Burks is the greatest wide receiver since Calvin Johnson. And seriously, I mean, why are you guys not taking Traylon Burks as the number one player in startup drafts and Traylon Burks is basically going to change the way that we all consider the NFL, blah, blah, blah. I'm just happy he ran a four five five. So at least tempered the, the conversation about him uh, up to the draft. Right. He's still going to get drafted in the first round. He should, he's really good. Um, and I'm with you. I kind of want to see him not be elite just cause yeah, the, the, the fans, the stands and the, you whatever, know what I, uh, I'll, I'll leave they drive me nuts. I'll say it this way. I hope he eventually is good. Like, I hope he breaks out and is like the wide receiver four overall in his fifth year when everyone who has been standing him is like kind of having to get off the ship, like is diving right. off the bandwagon um, because he's been a letdown. That would make me more happy than anything. 
Yeah. Again, I, I, can, I can buy that. I'm an awful person, and I hope no, no, no. you we, are drafting we, him. We are awful people. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, guys, I can I continue to say Jalen Tolbert is a guy that will be less expensive than he should be, and you should get him late. Um, Khalil Shakir ran real fast, and we've all, we know how I feel about Khalil Shakir. I've been telling you about him for like three years. Uh, the guy yeah. who's become a darling because of his speed and his pro- his profile is Sky Moore. He's a dude. Right. He, I mean, I think he's really talented. Just know that a lot of these names, like Sky Moore is probably never going to be better than a wide receiver three for a season. Like uh, top 36 wide receiver, that's probably where he's going to cap. Khalil Shakir, I probably feel the same way. Um, I don't feel that way about Pickens and Wandale. I think they have legitimate upside to become much higher ceiling. But yeah, I mean, I think there's some fun guys in this class. And to be honest, if you're looking for a guy that has like... Um, just a name, I guess, to keep stashed for your like lifetime when he gets in a good situation in the DFS spot. Danny Gray is going to be a fun, inexpensive guy for DFS plays for a long time because he is a phenomenal deep threat guy coming out of SMU. Um, and he is a name to just like just just keep tucked aside, just know that name for a while. Yeah, um, that's fun. I, I didn't think we'd uh, we'd hear Danny Gray's name on on the pod today so uh so that's fun he he uh well he inadvertently made me some money last year because i had a lot of smu overs that i (laughs) that that i played so uh he uh yeah he he helped he um he ran what like a four three something four three three yep yeah so yeah very fast you like that speed you like to see that speed um well awesome dude it was fun catching up it was good talking a little ball uh, we should uh, maybe not wait another month and a half before our next podcast. We have the draft around the corner. So I'm sure you and I will be uh, getting together real soon again to talk some more college football, to talk some of uh, this upcoming draft, the rookies entering the NFL. And uh, we still have to talk um, just kind of our uh, overall snapshot of uh, what's been going on in the transfer portal. So we'll have a couple more episodes for you guys in the next couple of weeks. Um, excited as always to, to talk to you, Matt. Anything you'd like to leave our good listeners with? Bye. Marvin Harrison Jr. There it is. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with you soon.